Welcome to Disney Planning Insights. This is a replay of our DPI News and Notes show that we do every Tuesday over on Facebook. To see my smiling face, find us on Facebook at DPI Podcast or on YouTube at the Disney Planning Insights Podcast. Now enjoy this episode after a short ad from our friends at Anchor. Hi, I'm Matt. Welcome to Disney Planning Insights. Through creative content and live shows, we explain the hidden details of the Disney experience so that our clients can execute memorable adventures. Together with Princesses and the Mouse Disney Travel, we have helped hundreds of clients plan, book, and prepare for magical Disney vacations. Let our experience help you avoid common planning mistakes and maximize the enjoyment on your next Disney trip. Hey everybody, what's going on? It's Matt with the Disney Planning Insights Podcast. Uh, It is Monday, May the 8th, and we've got some big news from Disney today, so we decided to go ahead and go live, and we've got... Peter from Princesses and the Mouse Disney Travel on with us tonight. So let me get over to him and we will start talking the news. Mr. Salvadori, how are you doing tonight? I mean, it's part lots of news and part I had a match today, a match tomorrow, a match Wednesday, a match Thursday. So... You know, there's lots of reasons why we're here tonight. Well, let's let's just make the viewers feel special and just say, hey, we did it for you guys because we wanted to be live and we wanted to be able to talk to you. So that's I what we got tonight. I did it all for the Wookiee. Come on, the Wookiee. Come on, so you... <laughs> no, we're not going to change the lyrics to Cookie for Wookiee. Uh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> that's like the easiest song parody in the history of parodies. <laughs> All right, let's let's jump into the news real quick because we got a lot of it. Um, we've got 15 minutes. Okay, so th- there's a, there's a very easy place to start, and it's going to be dining plans. Um, we've been talking about dining plans for a long time, and we're finally going to get at least a couple of them back, but not all of them. So what we're going to talk about is everything that we're talking about is going to happen starting January 9th of 2024. So, Peter, why don't you go ahead and go through what the dining plan change is going to be? Okay, you fill in whatever details you feel like I didn't cover, and stop me if you feel like I'm going into too much detail, because your question was very open-ended and vague. Um, So, beginning with January 2024 packages, you will be able to add... Uh, dining plans back, specifically January 9th and beyond. So if you are trying to sneak in that, you know, January 4th type of trip, you're not able to add a dining plan to that. January. Okay, you're all over the place, Peter. Peter is frozen all of a sudden. There, you're back. No, I'm frozen not. and you're frozen. You were frozen. Oh, we're good? Yeah, you're good. You were frozen at the same time. We we were, ah, oh, <laughs> so, so what hearts. you were saying, January 9th. So January 9th okay. packages are going to go on sale on May the 31st. Correct. 
So you can book 2024 vacations starting May 31st, so in just a few weeks. Um, and then starting on January 9th, you're going to be able to add dining plans. But as Matt alluded to, they are not all back. The two that will be back are going to be the quick service plan and the Disney dining plan. The quick service plan entitles everybody in your group to two quick service meals and three snacks per day. And the Disney dining plan gives a quick service credit, a sit down credit and three snacks per person per day. So what we will not have is the deluxe, which Matt is a big fan of because it gives you three entitlements instead of the two. And then um, the other thing that we're not going to get is that hybrid one that I was so excited about where they were going to give us two credits that could be quick service or sit down. Um, so basically we're getting the two bottom dining packages back, which uh, I know Matt, you're kind of upset about the deluxe one, but to be completely truthful, uh, the vast majority of dining packages that I sold as a travel agent were the quick service or the regular. And I actually realized um, that I, I misspoke because I think I said three snacks per person per day. It's two snacks per person per day on all of the plans. Okay. So with that being said, let's let's get into a little bit of speculation because now we do not have a dining plan that entitles anybody to two sit-down credits per day. Does that mean that they're going to take away the two-credit meal? Is it all going to be single-credit meals, do you think? I think, no. So no, you still no think way. you still think they're gonna they're gonna charge a premium even though they're not offering a plan that you could utilize that they're yeah. still gonna uh, charge a premium for table or table services like Cinderella's Royal Table, uh, Be Our Guest, those types of meals. I do. I yeah, like the character meals, um, the really nice character meals like you already mentioned, Cinderella's Royal Table. Um, you know. La Cellier, you know, those high end, <clears throat> excuse me, those high end meals. I could see him going one of two ways on it. I could see him saying, hey, you've got to use your sit down and your quick service credit. But the more likely is it'll either remain two credits or it'll be like a credit plus, right? So like maybe if you go to Cinderella's, it's whatever it is now, but let's just ballpark and say a $60 meal. Um, perhaps you can use a dining credit plus a top pay, off. Yeah. 10, 20 bucks. So, a, so a, that's a what, that's what Disneyland Paris does right now on their character meals. You can use, you can use your credits for that day, but you have to do what's called a top off. So like the character breakfast at Plaza gardens, I think it was $60 for the four of us for the top off though the Auberge de Cendrillon was like $120 for the top off for the four of us. And basically it changes that credit into something that can only be used at those restaurants because you're paying that extra money on top of that. So, yeah. um, so I, I, I do wonder if like you'll, you'll like get the bill and you'll say, Hey, I have the dining plan. They'll go, Oh, okay. And like dining plan credit will come. Cause, cause let like if I price, assuming you get the alcoholic beverage and kind of what you got before, I price a sit down dining credit at approximately $40. Yeah. 
40 to 50 dollars i can i can get 40 to 50 dollars by if i can get my one alcoholic beverage and my my meal um and then either an appetizer or a dessert like i used to be able to do i i priced that about 50 dollars. so i'm if you give me an alcoholic beverage at cinderella's royal table or perhaps it's that perhaps they say you can do it but soft drinks only any alcoholic beverages will need to be purchased so it'll be like a little caveat in the terms where it says this dining credit it involves an appetizer or a dessert and a meal and one alcoholic beverage and maybe at the higher end restaurants it says your meal credit will only pay for the meal all beverages must be purchased separately yeah and i, I think you know it's hard for me to think about not being able to have multiple sit downs per day when when you're thinking about the the, the dining at Walt Disney World, um, you know I've done it for so long. Like you said, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that deluxe plan, and I'm I'm a big fan of that deluxe plan for a reason because I don't necessarily use it for three sit down meals a day. I use it to maximize, and not necessarily maximize because most of the two credit meals are the worst uses of your dining credits but utilizing it for some of those two credit meals so that I can get two sit-down services pre prepaid before I even get to the park for every day. Um, so seeing what dining plans did come out kind of befuddled me. I thought they might go a little bit different way and maybe not do a quick service, but maybe do the, the original standard dining package and then the deluxe and those be the two options that were available and not not necessarily a quick service plan so i don't know what what made them go this direction maybe just to see kind of if they could capitalize on people oh the dining plans back just like oh the parks are back open and kind of gouge them for a little while until they start bringing back the other plans could be i'm just excited that they're back in some form or fashion because Again, my family is the standard dining plan family. We enjoy booking one sit down a day. We will then choose our other meal to be a quick service because we do have some favorite quick service restaurants in every park. And then that also pays for an alcoholic beverage with a quick service, an alcoholic beverage with the sit down. So, um, you know, not having to fork out the money for that. I'm the type of person complete like full disclosure, I will buy like my wife and I a quick service meal. I'll get my kids another quick service meal to split between them. And so we'll get three quick service meals for the four of us to eat. And then I'll get three alcoholic beverages. Yeah. You know, so, so my wife and I each get one and a half, uh, you know, one that kind of goes down quick and the other one that we kind of walk away with. So, um, I'm, I'm just ecstatic that I am no longer going to have to tell clients, hey, you're a family of four, make sure you plan for four to $500 per day, and that's a light souvenir budget. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm just ecstatic that I can put dining back on and get back to saying, hey, um, so your dining's all covered, you know, Disney's basically an all-inclusive resort, you'll wanna make sure that you take about $1,000 spending money for your week. Like, that's that's going to be so fantastic to not settle up a $2,000 plus bill 
at the end of my trip to Disney. Yeah, yeah, and that, in the end, that's what it's about, is, is trying to get as much of that on the front end as possible. Um, so let's move on. Let's move on to the other two big announcements. One of them pertains to annual pass holders and that kind of stuff. We'll leave that one out. But the other, the other big one that I think people are really going to benefit from is the ability to go to the parks without needing to make a park reservation. So Kind of. Kind of. Well, they, they completely took it out after January 9th. It's like they came out with the AP thing and said, oh, you're going to have these bonus days. And then that, the the other thing that they sent out was, hey, there are no park reservations after January 9th. For date-based tickets. Yes. So I, I think there's a gray area here that we need more explanation on. Because if I have a client go down for six days and they only get a four-day ticket, I think they're still going to need park reservations because their ticket is not technically date based. It is date range based. So I'm, I'm waiting to see more verbiage on this because right now it just says date based tickets. So I put that as when I buy a single day ticket, I buy it for a specific park that will be my park reservation. Correct. When I buy a three or four day ticket, they give me a six or seven day range to use it in. I think I will have to book my four days. So it says for for other admission types, including non-dated tickets, theme park reservations may be required to help us continue managing attendance and de- delivering a great experience right. for everyone. So it's so, a maybe. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm waiting to see like does because I'm still buying a dated ticket but it's range so you don't know which of the seven days i'm coming so i i could see it going both directions here like i said i i'm waiting to get more clarification before i start firing off fireworks saying (laughs) that the reservation system is gone for everybody except for annual pass holders because that's really what this that would boil down to is everybody except annual pass holders would not have to do a park reservation which i again if you have a three-day ticket on a six-day stay that does not allow disney to forecast park attendance which is the entire reason why they have held the park reservation system even though the who and cdc and everybody else have officially declared that the covid is uh subdued Right, yeah. it's never going to be gone, yeah. but it's a dude. Um, so, I I don't know. I I I'm not as thrilled as you appear to be on this news. I'm waiting to find out more. And, and could this be something that they they also go the way of Paris of? And if you book your package through Disney, that you get tickets the day you from the day you get there till the day you leave, and that's the only way you can order the package. Yeah, I hope not. Yeah, it, it because, would. Yeah, it would be terrible. Yeah, I, I hope not because I love the fact, like we have become more and more. Well, there's a workaround with that. It's just buy a room only and then buy tickets. Yeah, like it, yeah, sure. And and I'll be 100 percent honest with you. A Disney package is not an advantage, um, really in any way, shape, or form. It's not. Um, it, it really isn't. I because I had a family going down there next month who were unsure how many days they wanted to go to the park. So we just booked them a room and then I pulled up the ticket price and I was like, okay, so here's the package deal. 
you know, here's what you'll save. And it was like within a dime, the same price to buy the tickets a la carte separate of the room versus book it all in a package. Um, So the last thing that they really came out with in this, in this release today was that um, Genie Plus may have an advanced option to book lightning lanes coming in 2024. This was a huge, like cliffhanger, Hey, wait for more information on this one. So, so basically, they they didn't say anything about like a a fast pass, free fast pass system coming back. It sounds like they're gonna extend the Genie Plus out to where you can book them like you used to be able to book fast passes, right. and you still have to pay for it. That's what it is. It's gonna be. Uh, would you like to add this to your vacation for five hundred dollars? Oh, you would. Great. At 60 days out, I'll be or 30 days out, I'll be able to book your ride selections for you. That's exactly that's exactly what it's going to be. It's going to come out and it's going to be that if you're staying on property, you can add Genie Plus service to your vacation package and they're going to keep dining reservations at 60 days out and then at 30 days out when your package is due, then you can also book three reservations on your genie plus and you can also purchase the individual lightning lanes and they're going to they're going to keep 50 percent of it for pre-purchase on the individual lightning lanes and the rest of it will release at 7 a.m to everybody else that wants them like i i already see there's going to be it's going to be another menu option and it's going to be genie plus genie plus plus ill ill only Yeah, it's. I, I'm with you. I, I think it's going to be a big old crock, and it's. It's going to inflate the vacation cost, and give us back the old service that used to be free. Yeah. That's what's going to happen, and I'll tell you who's not happy about this. The Wookie is. Yeah. Not Look at happy. How he is. Look at how pissed he is. Yeah. Yeah. I can see it in his eyes. Uh, what do you want nerd boy (laughs) anything else that you um got out of that um release today uh no i am curious here's one more curiosity they said they almost made it seem like we might be do you remember the good old days when early park entry was actually an hour? Yeah. I I am wondering about that because they, they didn't make it seem like it was continuing. They made it seem like they were expanding the early and after opportunities. And boy, that would be, as it is right now, the 30 minutes early is a little bit of a sell. If I can go back to telling clients, well, you know, if you pay this extra, you know, $400 for your hotel, you can have plus an hour at the park. I would love to see them get back to, hey, park opens at nine, but if you're on site, it opens at eight. Yeah. No, that that would be awesome. They just have to get the buses there to pick you up to get to early magic hours. Yeah. And the buses are going to be at about the same time they are now because right now they're letting you in about 45 to 55 minutes early and then letting you start 
like scan through the early morning. Like they just need to push it all back outside the park and they need to start like, like what they used to do. They, yeah. there was a special entrance side for resort guests where you could get in an hour and you, they start letting you in about an hour and 10 minutes early. And then all of the non-resort guests would queue up and about 10 minutes before park open, they'd start letting you queue scanning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just real, to go back to it. real quick. We got through our 15 minutes, a couple things from Disneyland. Uh, Fantasmic is paused until at least May 28th. Um, teams are working hard to assess when we can bring back an adjusted show as quickly and as safely as possible. Adjusted show means no Maleficent's dragon because um, it kind of caught on fire. And beginning June 5th, Peter Pan's Flight, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, and Alice in Wonderland at Disneyland Park will be closed for refurbishment. Um, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride and Alice in Wonderland will open back up on June the 15th. Peter Pan's Flight does not have a reopen date. Um, Disneyland Paris, Avengers Power of the Night drone show will return from September 1st to November 5th. Tonight was the last show um in the run that they had for the 30th which was it's a pretty awesome show um we've got video of it but it's not really good so we're not going to post it on the <laughs> youtube page uh as as a full show but we may use it in some of our promos because we do have some video without the drones because it was um pretty crappy weather the whole time we were there really windy and we only got to see the drones a couple times out so it wasn't too fantastic when it came to that. Um, so, yeah, so that's what we've got going on there. Um, let's go ahead and get into uh, top three because that's kind of what we do. Business trip. Uh, <laughs> it does tingle a little bit. Hey everybody, it's Matt and Peter um, with the DPI Podcast. It is DPI Top 3 time. If you've been here before, welcome back. If you haven't been here, this is the segment of the show where we pick a poker chip out and I am wholly unprepared for the show tonight. Um, I match it to a line on our spreadsheet and we have 20 seconds to pick our top three or bottom three of whatever our uh, selected poker chip is. So... Um, Tonight, we are doing number 14. Number 14 is our poker chip. It is going to take me two seconds to find um, what we're actually doing tonight. Because, like I said, you know, preparation would be absolutely awesome sometimes when it comes to this show. Top three restaurants you're looking forward to booking with your dining plan. <laughs> number 14 is... <laughs> uh, we're not going to do that one. Uh, let's what? see number 15. You have to. You drew the chip. <laughs> The okay. chip has been drawn. Okay, the chip has been drawn. So we'll go we'll we'll go with 14. Um top three things you're gonna miss from the 50th celebration. That is not a thing. It is a thing. So um you have twenty miss anything. Yeah, you have twenty seconds starting now. Planning your first trip and getting overwhelmed by all the details? Planning your next trip and just want some new suggestions on things you haven't tried? Contact me at Princess of the Mouse Travel, and I'd love to work with you planning your next trip to the most magical place on Earth. You can contact Princesses in the Mouse Disney Travel on Facebook at P-A-T-M Disney Travel. 
All right, uh, 20 seconds is up. Peter looks perplexed on this one this week, so. I can't even tell you I'm going to miss anything. Uh, there's a few things that I'm I'm going to miss. Okay, not, I thought of a couple things. Not, not many things. I just, I felt like the 50th anniversary for Disney World was so poorly done that it, it just, it, it, it's hard to really miss so um <laughs> it's hard to miss <laughs> so I so i'll go ahead I'll, I'll i'll start because i i think this might have been one of my favorite things for the 50th and it was kind of introduced out of a forced need and it's going to be that 50th anniversary cavalcade um it was made basically because of covid and it was just kind of a weird hey we're gonna do this um because we can't do a full parade and all this kind of stuff and it's just it's kind of morphed into its own little thing um they're doing one for the hundredth now as well and apparently peter's frozen so i don't know what's going on with him uh but yeah it just it's a it's a weird um it was a weird force need that they had this this short little parade and it had you know what eight eight dancers with flags and then had the fab five and chip and dale and it was just kind of a fun little they had the 50th anniversary song and that kind of thing and it just came through the park multiple times a day and it, it was it was fun it was it was a neat little a neat little parade just to kind of fill a need but to me it was just like it was so underdone and i think that's going to be kind of the theme of the things that we bring out is most of the things for the 50th were so underdone either because of covid or because they just didn't put the effort in that they put in for other parks because when i think about that cavalcade for walt disney world's 50th anniversary and then i think of what paris did with dream and shine brighter for the 30th anniversary and how much bigger and grander and more spectacular that was as a full parade show parade and it probably had 30 characters and 20 dancers um it just it, it just blows it out of the water and it just it, it boggles my mind that Disney World didn't do better with that but I still thought it was a fun little thing so my number 3 is the 50th anniversary cavalcade so peter what's your number 3 so I am going to go with the um, special menu offerings. So that, that was something nice about the 50th. There were many restaurants, quick service and sit down alike that were doing special menu items, whether it be a special dessert or here's one, for example, they had a lot of Walt's favorite things. So Walt apparently was a big chili guy he was apparently a big corned beef guy. He was apparently a, a really big, um, uh, yeah, so corned beef and hash type of guy with like breakfast. So there were Walt's favorite dishes kind of interspersed throughout the parks. Magic Kingdom obviously had quite a few locations that had these things, um, but many restaurants as well, like, Steakhouse 71 over at Contemporary had some, like all around the, the, the Magic Kingdom area. And so some of those menu dishes were 
really good. Some of the menu dishes were yeah, kind of good. Um, but what they were though is they were just more options, and I I I just always really love it. it's one of the main things I love about Epcot is the fact that I can go and get something new, and so um, it was kind of neat to see like. 50th anniversary special food item on, like I said, I, I don't know the exact number, but it must've been a dozen or so restaurants or snack stands or whatever, um, had some type of a special thing. And many of them were nods to Walt and, and his, his favorites, which was nice to obviously mm-hmm. incorporate that so much. So I am going to miss some of the menu items because I did have several of them. And, uh, like, I'm also a really big fan of chili, especially when you put it on a hot dog. So Yeah, that one that had a Casey's, yeah. Yeah, like, it, all good stuff. Now, they have similar menu items, but not the same. They they definitely dolled them up a little bit and made them a little bit more deluxe. Yeah, that. yeah. So, that's going to be my number three. I'm going to miss some of the unique food items that, that came about for the 50th. All right, getting into our number two, if you want to be part of the top three show and you've got an idea for us to figure out what our top threes are, go to the website, uh, patmdisneytravel.wixsite.com forward slash planning. And up in the right-hand corner, there's a little text box. You can type in your top three idea over in that text box and watch the show and we might answer your top three. Um, So my number two... I'm kind of going to build off of yours because one of the things that I am really going to miss is um, Cali Grill's special menu. Um, Cali Grill did a 50th anniversary experience where they had a set menu um, and it was kind of favorites from the past 50 years at Cali Grill. And it, it was it was just a really, really good menu if you got good service. Um, <laughs> we both had... <laughs> not so great experiences with our servers there um and then you know ours we wanted to go and go up there and watch the fireworks and it it was just the crappiest of days when we did it so we didn't get to see the fireworks we were actually stuck on a monorail when the fireworks were going off which was a a good way to uh, watch the fireworks from nowhere um because one of the doors wouldn't close which was awesome but um, no, it had, like I said, it had it had nods to past favorites at Cali Grill, and you could do it a, a few different ways. Um, I've actually got the menu in under here somewhere. I have all the stuff from the 50th in under there. Um, but I had a steak. I think Shannon had. I don't know what Shannon had, and we had different desserts. So it was it was a it was a prefix menu and. Yeah, it was it was just really good. I mean, I, I the food was wonderful. Kelly Grill food is, I think, depending on who, who you talk to, it's either overrated or underrated. I think it's really underrated because I think it's really really good food. Um, but you know, again, it. I think this event came down to service, and we kind of both missed out on good service at that restaurant. So. But my number two is the special menu at Cali Grill. Uh, Peter, what is your number two? I am going to say it. As much as I love, I did. There were pros and cons. Highs and lows. We even talked about it. Yep. I, I did, and I am going to miss Enchantment. I, I thought it was a good show. Now, 
if you say, hey, Peter, do you want Happily Ever After or Enchantment? I want Happily Ever After. But at the same token, I'm always sad to see a fireworks show go because, it, but at the same time, I'm happy to see it go because I just talked about wanting the change and needing the change to keep things fresh. When you go often, um, that's really important. The thing, here's the thing I missed about Enchantment was actually what they added after September. I really loved the intro where they talked about the history of the park to then turn it into the montage of Disney animation going across the 3D mapping of the castle. Because Happily Ever After is very similar. It tells a story, 3D maps on the castle, but Enchantment became a celebration of Walt's dream, which again, I am a massive Walt Disney fan. And um, on that topic, I have said many times, uh, I actually read a quote from Walt Disney the other day. It was, we don't make movies to make money. We make money to make more movies. Um, like talking about Walt's mindset of, he is just trying to bring joy and happiness to as many people's lives as possible. And I mentioned back in the Chapek era of things that he was doing everything that Walt did. Anyway, um, I just saw that the other day and it sparked my mind when I brought up Walt twice um, about how things are currently <laughs> being run and the fact that we just talked about, oh yeah, and yeah, I gotta keep paying for Genie Plus just to get back a service that used to be free. Um, but I love the intro of Enchantment. There hasn't been a fireworks show like that. I just really enjoyed um, all of that. The the live, the the live uh, sound clips that they played, all that stuff. So I am going to miss Enchantment, but specifically the nod to the history of the park being constructed that happened at the beginning of it. Because I'm a big nostalgia guy. Well, and I think how much how much better do you think that show would have been received if they would have had that intro from the beginning? Oh, way better. And I and I think that was such a reaction to poor sentiment for that show that if they would have had that at the beginning, I think we would be talking about enchantment in a whole different light. But because they did it the way they did, I think that it left a real sour taste in a lot of people's mouths because you know you're going down there for the 50th some people they only went down once for the 50th and if you didn't go down late in that celebration you never saw that show so yeah i never i never saw the walt disney intro to enchantment and to me enchantment is like my fourth or fifth favorite fireworks show that i've seen at a disney park because I miss that, and it could have very well been changed if that would have been part of it. So, no, it's it, it's crazy how much the view of that show changed when that intro came out. So, you know that's that it's it's a good number two, um, and it again it's going to really tie into my number one, and my number one um, is is pretty easy because I I have talked and talked and talked and talked and talked about how cool this show is visually and my number one is going to be harmonious um I'm, I'm going to miss harmonious um just because you know for as much as people hated 
everything in World Showcase Lagoon. I thought that that show was visually stunning to see in person. Um, we did 4K recordings of it on multiple occasions. And going back and editing that footage, it doesn't even begin to do it justice on how bright and vibrant that show was on that lagoon. So much to look at, too. Yeah. You didn't know where where am I supposed to be looking. There's so much visually going on in that show. Yeah, I mean, really, every every segment of that show had alternate versions on each of the ta taco barges, and then you had the main screen in the the big yeah. portal to um, America. In and, addition to pyrotechnics, right? yeah, it would have it would have been a good light and water show. Yeah, um, and 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 it's that that is like I said, that is one of the things that. I think they put a lot of effort into that show and to see those barges just be dismantled kind of it 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 tore at me a little bit because man they could have done something with those put them over at Animal Kingdom do a do a show on the the lake over there you know do something with them but don't just dismantle them and you know whatever they're going to do with them from there put them in the Walt Disney discount store in Orlando or whatever I yeah <laughs> but no my number one is definitely um harmonious that's that's going to be the big thing that i miss so peter before you get into your number one uh where can people find you find me on facebook apparently it works really really well i got a client the other day from australia and i figured it was through the podcast or some other nope they typed in disney travel agent in facebook um so yeah, if you type in Disney Travel Agent, I was very, very, I don't know, strategic is probably the right word because I don't advertise a lot. Like I do this podcast with Matt, not to advertise my services, but just because Matt and I both really love Disney. And if we can share some insight, <laughs> see what I did there um, <laughs> with all of you on how to plan. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This is so good. This is so good. Um, so. Yeah, apparently if you type in Disney Travel Agent, though, I will be one of the top hits <clears throat> because I have that verbatim in, in my title for Princess and the Mouse. And uh, love to talk to you, especially like Matt said, right now we are three short weeks away from being able to book 2024. I've got uh, three or four clients that I had to text today to let them know, and I would love to make that 20 Okay, viewers, here's your challenge. No. <laughs> um, yeah, so on to my number one. I am, this is kind of a funky number one, but it'll make sense when I explain it. I am going to miss the construction push. So here's what I mean. Before the 50th, Disney really went all out to get more, right? Between, you could even argue Star Wars Land was getting ready for the 50th, but even if we don't include that, we have Ratatouille and Guardians of the Galaxy opening up at Epcot, you have Tron opening up, you have tons of other shows and other things being created all for the sake of increasing the appeal to all the other parks to really make this a celebration worth having 
And so I think of what Hollywood Studios was 10 years ago to what it is now. I think of how Epcot got two great appeal attractions put into it. And all of that push is now kind of dwindling. The only thing we're still waiting on is Moana Journey of Water. A bunch of the other stuff got scrapped. And so there's really nothing all that exciting on the horizon other than the speculation of the fact that the Reedy Creek documents mentioned a fifth gate, which Matt and I have been speculating about for years. <clears throat> but there's, you know, we may or may not be getting Zootopia stuff over in Animal Kingdom. We have absolutely no timeline on that. We, we just... There's no big construction projects happening right now um, outside of little stuff here and there, adding in, you know, a, a new tower at Polynesian and, and other stuff. Like, But what attractions are coming, what rides are coming, and heading up to the 50th, boy, we had, this is coming, and this is coming, and this is coming, and this is coming. Yeah, it um, seemed like rapid fire since about right. 2019. It's just been bang, 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 bang. Right. And, and, it was, and it was fantastic. It was just so cool to see all those things finish and hey we're going down a few weeks after rad tattoo opens can't wait to ride it oh we're going down a few weeks after guardians opens can't wait to ride it oh we're going down three days after tron opens can't wait to ride it um yeah and now i'm hoping journey of waters open by the time you go you and i go down there in september which we speculate september 1st is a a make sense day like sort of a hard deadline um but that that's about it though. And I don't know if I'm really excited about that more than just like, Oh, I'm excited to see the visual experience they put together over there in Epcot. It's not, it's not <laughs> the same level of excitement as no. I had for guardians. No, uh, now, now here would, here would be my question is, do you think on September 10th that we get the next big project? And that's going to Maybe. be the parks panel at D23. Maybe. And, and I hope, like, that, going to that parks panel at D23, which we will obviously be at, and probably do a live show right after that to discuss all of the things we saw and, and are excited about. Um, that would be amazing. If they officially confirm, here is the fifth gate, here is where it's going. I would also like to see them I don't know what happened to the plans, but they had them submitted. It seemed like they had them approved, but another monorail hotel in between contemporary and TTC was slated um, and just kind of fell by the wayside. Like I, those would be two huge announcements on the Disney world campus that I would love to hear that um, you have another monorail hotel going up, whatever that looks like. And then uh, that, a fifth gate is being added, which is why we don't have any construction projects because we've got to build six things and two immersive lands and a gate and a main area. Like, Yeah, and I, I think when you think about what's going on around the world right now, it makes sense because you're going to have the, the frozen section of Paris opens next year. Um, they haven't announced their third area for their studios park yet um because they have their studios park they're putting in the frozen section there then they were going to put in a star wars land and they they kind of backtracked on that and now 
it sounds like they're getting ready to make an announcement on that. Not a whole lot going on in the Chinese parks, Japanese park. They just don't have a lot of space over there to do a whole hell of a lot. Um, so really, the the next big thing has got to be at World. You know, there's speculation yeah, about California doesn't have room. Yeah, but they're they're adding Avatar somewhere. Yeah, they have a little bit of so they just bought. To my understanding, they bought the area, like several city blocks worth of area, north of land, mm -hmm. is what I understand. And then they also do have on the north, I think it's north, I don't know. When I was down there, it your directions get all jumbled. It's what I'm calling north. Um, over by Pixar Pier, there's a lot of wasted space and some land that they own that would be big enough to put in an area if they just rip out the uh it's an aerial ride i think show aerial show building but anyway yeah so that's my number one i i'm gonna miss the excitement of all the new opening dates so hopefully we get some more of those soon Sounds good. Well, that is top three for tonight. Um, thank you guys all for joining. Um, like I said, if you do have a better top three than ours, put them down in the comments below. Um, or shoot us your idea for a top three over on the website at uh, patmdisneytravel.wixsite.com forward slash planning. If you're checking out us on the video, it is under me right now. So... All right, guys, you have a wonderful week. We will talk to you next week. We are going to go ahead and end the show now. So we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye now. Hey, we had Peter with Princesses of the Mouse Disney travel on. Um, we talked about the great things coming in 2024 to Walt Disney World and had a top three. Check it out.
thank you guys all for watching, listening, everything that you do. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe button, and we will talk to you next week. Bye now.